from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Newstalk ZB's chief political reporter, Jason Walls, joins us. Morning, Jace. Good morning. How are you? Great. You? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's been an interesting morning so far in the halls of power. We've had Nanaya Mahuta in front of select committees talking about Russian troll farms and the like. So never a dull moment on my end. I, I bet there isn't. There's no denying that the Roe versus Wade case has been a massive ripple effect throughout New Zealand. Absolutely. Why? Well, yeah, I think that it's such an emotive issue and it's something that um, is, it, it's at the top of a lot of people's mind. I mean, from my perspective, maybe I, I'm, a, I'm a, a male, so it's a little less um, for me to be able to be in that, the shoes of that. But, you know, a lot of other people look at this issue and it can, can get quite personal. And looking across, um, seeing it overseas, it's been something that has been um, overturned in the U.S., the Roe versus Wade decision. And in New Zealand, of course, it's had political ripple effects as well, because politicians have had to re-examine where their opinions on this matter lie. And of course, this came to the fore with the National Party um, in um, spectacular fashion, both over the weekend and through the week, um, culminating with um, Simon O'Connor, who is a, an MP, posting when the decision was overturned that it was a good day. Now, he posted that before the leader, um, Chris Luxon, had posted anything. So he was eventually made to take that down. So there was a lot of back and forth about why that was. But this was O'Connor's defense when we asked him about it on Tuesday. The, the, the choice to bring it down, as I say, because actually the, the distress it was causing, and particularly through the comments, were getting pretty bad. Um, but I respected and enjoyed actually the conversation with Christopher and other colleagues to help guide my decision making. Have you been, have you been, gagged? Have you been oh, gagged by your leader on this? Absolutely clear. I have not been gagged. How does that align with... So he's pretty clear that he wasn't, and he had this conversation with the leader. But, you know, I don't fully buy this argument that it was just a conversation and they came to this mutual agreement to take it down. I mean, Simon O'Connor is a smart man, and I think he's very staunch in what he believes. And I think that there was maybe a little bit of strategy in what he did. But at the end of the day, it didn't make national, it didn't cover national with glory. But Chris Luxon dealt with it rather effectively. But it's been a, yeah, a, a tumultuous period for the Nats. I'm responding to this. In my end, on the street, Christopher Luxton has come out, Luxton, has come out pretty well out of all this. I mean, I reckon he would have hit the roof. I don't think there was any light, sort of uh, light-hearted conversation between Simon O'Connor and, and Chris Luxton. I think there would have been a hell of a do it this way and do it now or watch out. Well, I mean, it says a lot that he was actually had a conversation about it because usually in the, the way that these things would have probably worked is you just get your chief of staff to give them a call and give them a bit of a bollocking to say, what the heck are you doing? Tell the party line. That's not the party line on this. And the fact that they had to have a conversation at all, I think probably speaks quite a lot. Can I just ask you too, what's the vibe around the Nanaya Mahuta situation? I mean, she's basically been a windscreen wiper on this, hasn't she? She's gone from one side to the other. Well, it was... She has been out of the country, so she was one of the first, if not the first, um, government ministers to react to this. And she said it were, the Roe versus Wade being overturned was draconian, um, which is a very, very strong stance, especially strong stance from somebody who voted against 
decriminalizing abortion in the second and third reading back in 2020. So after she finally returned to New Zealand, we asked why that was. How could she have these two views? And she responded by saying that she was representing the government's position on Roe versus Wade, that it was bad and it was, quote, draconian. But she voted the other way because she has personal opinions. And one of those is formed by the fact that she's had several miscarriages herself. Um, and that that was her reason behind um, voting against the um, abortion decriminalization in New Zealand. That really does not make sense to me, but I'm, don't want to profess to being the cleverest guy in the world, but that does not make sense to me. There's a, a, an alert level change announcement this afternoon. Now, I don't know why, and I don't know how stupid I am, but I kind of thought automatically as I was driving my car this, to, to work this morning thinking, of course they'll change it. It's right. gone, well, hasn't it? But then I heard you telling somebody that you don't think it is going to change. Yeah, no. It's. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to change at all. I mean, one of the things you've got to read into these is there's no press conference. You know, it's just going to be a statement, and there's no way that they're going to change, make such a massive change without having a press conference where we can field questions and the government can kind of cover itself in glory with these um, to and fro's with the, the media and having this big set piece at the beginning. Um, but, you know... Case numbers have been kind of sted- steadily going up over the last week. Um, the seven-day rolling average is higher than it was before. Um, but, you know, you've got to ask the question, if not now, when? What are they waiting That's for? That's right. It's just it's, it, I, it's beginning to feel like we're always going to be in orange. I hope that's not the case, and I'm sure it's not. But it's just really hard to foresee a circumstance where we will actually be moving to green. The whole world's moved on. Now, yes, I agree, and the numbers aren't coming down. I totally agree with all that. But I can't see it changing much if we go to green. I just think that we'll feel a little bit more freedom. I, I'm, I'm going to little bit – I'm not going to argue with you because you're the expert. That's why you're on the show. Uh, but I think they will change it to green. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if, there's, if they do change it to green, you buy me a beer tonight, and if they don't, um, I'll buy you one. Okay, all right. Other way round, because you would have won and I would have lost, but other way round. Other way round. Now I'm starting to argue with, I have got you on as the cleverest man in the beehive uh, (laughs) on the show. The uh, the Prime Minister's uh, in Europe. What's going on? How's the vibe? What's going on? Why didn't you actually make the cut to go? Oh, well, you know, you've got to share the, the trips around a little bit. And we've got the um, the focused and the ever-present Thomas Coughlin from the Herald that's going over there. He's um, helping cover it for ZB, and he's a very, very competent, capable reporter, and he's doing a great job. But looking from doing a outside, great job. Doing a great job, yeah. Looking from the outside from where I am, I mean, I've always maintained that the prime minister was going over there to sign a free trade agreement with the EU. There's no way that she gets to a point where she just goes over there and they have some discussions and come back. You know, she wants to sign something. She wants to be there for the announcement. However, it looks like there's a few sticking points in that free trade agreement deal, and especially in um, concern to meat, to cheese, um, is one of the sticking points. So the question remains, and I think this was asked um, in her stand-up yesterday, will you go home and just walk away from negotiations if you can't get something good over the line? And she said that she would. So it's going to be interesting to see if she actually does that, if she's willing to walk away, come all the way back to New Zealand without a deal, um, rather than just signing something that, you know, we could have done a little bit better on. But, you know, I don't know. I, I still think that there there will be a, a proper announcement on this, despite the fact that there's these last-minute kind of hiccups and speed bumps. 
This has been a bit weird to me because I was under the impression, and rightly or wrongly, and I listened to people like you and Heather and all the um, Mike, all the experts, that this was a done deal. She was going over there to sign it, get all the photos with all the movers and shakers of the world, sign this deal and come back. Since the minute the plane took off and left New Zealand, it's felt to me, as a layman, as a talkback host, that that hasn't... That isn't the deal. Right. Well, I mean, the thing with negotiations is that a lot of it does come down to the niggly bits at the end. You know, you have the big stuff out of the way. You get that um, you get that out of the way quite promptly. And then it's sort of the, the smallest things, the hiccupy things, the sort of almost the window dressing things right at the end. And it's no surprise that there would be murmurings at the last minute. Maybe one side is trying to get a bit of, better deal. So they're... Um, having these talks on the sidelines that come through to European media, you just don't really don't know how it plays out. But, you know, these will look probably look back on this and think, okay, these last minute speed wobbles are a little bit part and parcel of how these deals come to pass. Quick one before I let you go. Grant Robertson has got COVID or, or tested positive for COVID. He was at a big function yesterday, which will have a lot of people nervous right now. Um, and he's still going to be acting prime minister with COVID. Yeah, I mean, the prime minister, when she had COVID, was still the prime minister. She just kind of worked from home. You can do it. It just means the public-facing things um, um, you're not at. So, for example, he won't be at the bridge run with media this afternoon. He won't be in the House. But given the fact that today is the last day the House sits and it rises at 5 p.m., and then there's a massive three-week recess, it actually doesn't really come into play that much if he's working from home or if he's actually in his office because most of the public-facing things um, will be finished at about uh, 3 o'clock today. Jason, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. That's uh, J- Jason Walls. He's the News Talk ZB chief political reporter.